Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Well, howdy! Welcome to Herb's Podcast Christmas Trees. What can I do for you, son? Well, I'm looking for a podcast Christmas tree for our show. What do you have? Oh, we got some nice new finger ones right here. Uh, yeah. Got anything more traditional? Well, let me see. about this? But puny, isn't it? Well, put some lights on, some tinsel. Why, it'll be as pretty as a milkmaid's knee. Okay, okay. I'll take it. Pleasure to do business with you, son. By the way, what's your podcast? Ahem. Live from the internet. Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. And this is Trav. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of giving your characters the best things possible as if you were Father Christmas. You wrapped it like that? Who wrapped this for you? Mom wrapped did. With your, yeah, oh, boy. Yeah. Wrap this with your feet? Yeah. This is, this is, and where's the tape? We used it all. Yes. <laughs> You ever get one of those packages where it's like, okay, I may eventually get this open, but yeah, I, I have know. a funny story. I have a funny story about that later. It happened to my sister. Anyways, okay, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are doing our Christmas episode, and we are talking about gifts. You know, uh, for you know, basically for the characters, and therefore for the player characters because it's their characters, right? And um, and we and we wanted to basically look at all the different uh, tabletop RPGs that are out there and say what would be like the perfect gift to give, you know, through whatever means necessary, you know, whether it's you know, uh, you know, GM fiat, whether it's uh, they find it as part of a quest, uh, gods give it to you, uh, whatever, you know. The point is that they get it and they and they get to keep it. And what you know, and what would be the most awesome thing? For your for that character to get, uh, or you know, and so there's going to be a uh, and I'm looking for like the Uber gift, um, but you know, if I'm you know, if you think that it makes a big difference between one type of character and another type of character, we can talk about it. So, anyways, I guess we should get the. Um, uh, the the 800-pound gorilla, uh, uh, you know, out of the room first, okay? And that would be Dungeons & Dragons. Okay, so, you know, what is the most awesome thing to give to a character in Dungeons & Dragons? Since we don't have Jonathan, I'm just going to go, Trav! <laughs> yeah. Um, Well, actually, it's a gift that I'm planning to give the characters in my upcoming uh, Macross the Lost Armada game, where they're part of a colonization fleet. When they get into the system, a solar flare comes up, fries most of the fleet and the few ships that are left standing. And out of like over a million people, there's 17 survivors and the PCs are part of them. A ring of sustenance. For a D&D game, that would work because the rules for, and, you know, Pathfinder rules haven't changed much. You no longer have to eat, sleep, or obviously excrete. And if you only sleep two hours, it's as if you got a full eight hours night's sleep. So it's kind of a personal, it's kind of a personal buff. So yeah. you, you can, you can basically, they can drop you in the middle of the desert and, um, and even though the sun's beating down on you like crazy, you just yeah. you're fine. You don't run out of water. You don't get thirsty. You know. Yeah. The only thing you would still suffer from is environmental heat and cold, and the rules for that. No, you got to make a Ford saver. You take a uh, um, non-lethal damage for a while, but you're not going to die of hunger. You're not going to die of thirst. And from what I looked in the rules, the eight hours of sleep. 
that counts as rest. That means you also gain your, you know, if you use the normal D&D fancy and magic, you get your spell slots back for the next day. I would say not, but okay. Well, I'll, you can either do it that way or eight hours of rest, which means you take your two-hour nap, for lack of a better Yeah, term. it's like being an elf. You know, you, you basically... You, the four you, hours of trance, yeah. Yeah, you do a trance, and then you're good for the rest of the time. You just basically have to sit around and sing songs by the fire. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, the, the latest edition of rules basically says you can only get spells back, like, once a day. You know, anyways, yeah. you can only take a long rest once a day anyways. Well, I was also I was also thinking, okay, two hours of sleep and then for six hours, oh, I'm reading a book or I'm, you know. Yeah, yeah sure, but sure, it's, absolutely. It's nothing running, it's no combat, it's no heavy activity. You could be sitting there watching TV, that still counts as rest, and then... You know, with the two-hour nap and the six hours of whatever. Yeah, and, and and what is on TV in your Pathfinder game? Well, it depends on the setting. It would usually, it, it usually I have the players going, okay, what are you watching? You know, and like for my superhero game, my one buddy Rich who plays like sort of a Hulk Drax hybrid. It's it, it's SpongeBob. It's SpongeBob. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fine. I was just thinking in, in a in a more of a medieval fantasy setting, what would be what would be the shows on television? You know, because there could be like this magic box that is the equivalent of television. What shows would they put on oh, it? You it know, it could be like you know plays or stuff. Yeah, got got an arrow to the knee. Well, hobble your way over to to uh, Ben's, you know, uh, apothecary, you know, apothecary and knee replacement clinic. Wow. Oh, I mean, fantasy, all kinds of weird things are possible. Okay, okay. So, um, so yeah, so you basically are, are, are eliminating the need for them to have to provide any kind of, uh, you know, uh, sustenance, as you say. It's a ring of sustenance. So, uh, now for me, um, I... Basically, I've all you know, I started with first edition, uh, advanced D&D. Uh, and all the way through now, and I would say that the number one, the best item there ever was, okay, you know, uh, was the Ring of Regeneration. Because um, as long as you wore it, I mean, we are, uh, they may have changed how it's described in later editions, but in the original edition, as long as you had it on, if you got killed, you came back. I mean, they could a dragon could have could have farted on you and turned you into mush, okay? And you would still come back. They might have to scoop you up onto a shield and carry it along, or toss it into a a bag of holding, you know, and then pour you out later. But you would reconstitute as long as you had that ring of regeneration on. You were coming back, and it eliminated from a lot of characters this really great fearful aspect of the game of of my character dying. They, my, your character, unless they were hit with something that would kill them, but didn't have anything to do with hit points, then they would always come back. Well, they have it in Pathfinder. And, uh, okay, uh, when worn, the ring continually allows a living wearer to heal one point of damage per round to equal number of non-lethal. In addition, you're immune to bleed damage while wearing it. If you lose a limb, an organ, or any other body part while wearing the ring, the ring regenerates as if the spell regenerate. In either case, only damage taken while wearing the ring is regenerated. Okay, it kind of sounds the same. They added the bleed damage thing right. and all that. And, but, yeah. but in the original, even if you were dead, you came back. Oh, see, yeah. they that Well, that was a necessary nerf. That's just, yeah, that, that okay. I can see why they kind of... Well, they were rare, yeah. too. These rings were very, very, you know, uh, sought after and... You know, the, the people didn't get them very often, so... Oh, yeah, this is, um, here, it's caster level 15, 90,000 gold pieces to buy, 45,000 to make, and you need yeah. a forge ring and regenerate. So, yeah, that's pretty rare. You need a high-level spell caster to make that, yeah. Right, and there are some things that I would say you can't, you basically can't get made for you, you know, they, they, it's uh, unless it's a, a quest-level thing, you know, for saving the kingdom or or whatever, you know, it's... This is something that's basically passed on to you from another great warrior who has passed on from old age. You know, regeneration doesn't mean that you don't die of old age. So, anyways, that was, to me, that was the ultimate, you know, because I've had characters, uh, 
who have died. <laughs> okay, and they literally did that. They just strapped me onto a shield, dragged my character along. You know, sometime during the dungeon, I would wake up because <laughs> my hit points got above above zero, and I'd sit up, and they would say, "Okay, uh, you know, uh, let's feed him some some healing potions or something now." and uh, get, him, get him where he can help us. Or, hey, just keep laying there and we'll just let you regenerate. You know, at tomorrow you'll be fine because you get back one point every 10 minutes, so that's six points in an hour, and an eight-hour rest would be 48 points. And most people, you know, unless you were a really high-level character, didn't have more than 48 points, you know, for... So that was... You were, you were golden, as long, you know, and... and uh, as long as you could trust your party not to slip that ring off it yeah. and put it on themselves, you know. Yeah, the, the dead don't need to heal. <laughs> so, Walk um, it off. Yeah. yeah, anyways. So that was my favorite, was always the ring of regeneration, okay? Um, and, of course... I, you know, if it's when we're talking, if we're talking five E, you know, I would want it not to have to be attuned because you know. Oh, where you gotta like wear it for a week before it kicks in. Usually, yeah. it's an hour. It's a okay. short rest. Usually, it's a short rest. You know. Uh, but anyways, I would want it to attune. I also wouldn't want it to count against the number of items that I can attune to. Because you know, there's a limit in Five E to how many items you can. Oh God, there's a. A setting that that does the attuning where you can only have a certain ah Baranthia Codex from Legendary Games yeah that one. Well, okay, I'm just yeah. saying the standard one in Five E, you're only allowed like three or four attuned items. So having items that are not attuned are very very valuable. So well, I would yeah, definitely yeah. want this to be like that. So well, they kind of got that with the Pathfinder and the D and D three hundred three five. You had the magic item slots where you can only have two rings. Yeah, uh, but uh, you can swap out. them in and out as necessary. Okay, so oh, yeah. So they were linked to you, so you couldn't just well. I, instead of this head slide, I don't want the other one. Okay, yeah, there. I can see why they did it. Okay, I can see why, but still, for a player, it's like. Come on, really? I want to do one thing instead of another, and you're not letting me do. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I got all these magic items, and I and I can't use them. Right, right, exactly. I don't know what their thinking was. I mean, maybe they thought that you were going to be generous and give it to other players. Then, <laughs> you know, huh. I can't huh. use it, so you take it. Yeah, or you know, you turn around and sell it, and uh, in the non-existent magic shops because there wasn't any rules for magic shops. So, but anyways. Um, uh, the other item, if if that you know uh, uh, if that was for whatever reason not possible, was the girdle of storm giant strength, because you know there is never not a need for somebody to be horribly strong, just ab absolutely ab ab you know because you. Giants throw rocks at you, you catch them and throw them back, okay? Um, in first edition, there were monsters that could uh, only be hit by magical weapons. But if you were able to do X amount of damage to it <coughs> through normal means, it was treated as a magical attack. So, And being able to throw a boulder that did like 3d8 damage was a pretty good chance of pulling... It was a, I think that would fall into that category of at least a plus one weapon. So, and of course, you know, doors kick, you know, uh, monsters could be thrown, uh, you know, if you just got a grapple check on it. Um, uh, it, it you know, it, it... No, you, no, it's, it's the one me beating an MF with another MF and just, you grab the giant and, you know... Yeah, just start swinging, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, you know, there, there's just so many times, you know, uh, uh, that you need strength, you know, where you, you got a door that won't open, you just bust it down. You got a, you got a, um, uh, a chest full of treasure that won't open, you just snap it open. You know, maybe the trap goes off, maybe it doesn't, whatever. But the point is that there's all, you know, and of course, sooner or later, what, you know, three or four characters go down and are going to stay down for a while or, you know, permanently until they get, you know, resurrected or something there never seems to be enough uh caring capacity you know yeah and you could just say okay fine here i will just go ahead and uh pick up those three characters and toss them over my shoulder and uh we'll we'll just we'll walk hoof it back to we'll town. just hoof yeah. it back to town so 
being somebody who is obnoxiously strong, you know, is is a great thing, you know. And um, you know, you can also like pick up a wagon and flip it on its side and use it as a, as a as cover now, you know. Yeah. Where doing that is is a big chore, you know. For you need a, like four or five people to do it. Yeah, so. you just flip it up. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. They've adapted that slash nerfed it to a belt of giant strength. You get an enhancement bonus to strength of plus two, plus four, plus six. And for the first 24 hours, it's treated as a temporary ability bonus. Okay. Just seeing how that, that, that particular magic item has been adapted slash nerfed over the years. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, you pick the next uh, game. Oh, you mean like like setting or whatever? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the game, you know, the the you know, it could be whatever genre or or whatever, you know, what 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 tabletop RPG are we going to consider next? Hmm. Why is Traveler coming to mind? And I've played the game maybe once. Traveler. <laughs> you can choose Traveler. I don't know enough about the game. I I would. I would make some suggestions uh, based purely upon my idea of what Traveler is. But, yeah, go ahead. If you got something you think would be absolutely awesome to have in that game for a character. See, I, I posted this also on uh, Facebook and on Reddit uh, to see whether, you know, what other people might say and, and maybe some other games. And it was funny that the most response I got was uh, they were personal buffs to, you know, or new or additional feats for the characters. It wasn't an item. It was like something that was a permanent, couldn't be taken away. And well, yeah, it's somehow related to what they were currently doing, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, but I was actually looking for an item that they, you know, piece of equipment or or something like that. But you know, I mean, that was fair. I just was not expecting that. Oh, okay. Here's something that they have in Traveler that would be kind of cool. Um, and of course, I'm going from Traveler D20, the in the drugs and pharmaceuticals region, Anagathics. Oh yeah basically anti-geriatric drugs. Now, you got to take them for the first year, but, and it's something you still got to take them for a month, you know, every month, but for the first year, you age normally. After that, you stop aging. Do you do you rejuvenate at all, or you just stop aging? Well, let, let's see. Illegal in most areas must be taken regularly each month or as long as the age-retarding effects are desired. It takes one year regular dosage for the full effect to develop. That means during the first year, you age normally. After that first year, as long as the regularly monthly dose is taken, the character will no longer age or remain at their present physical age. Okay. Once past the first year, they can miss one month without suffering ill effects. Right, so it, it basically stabilizes you at your current age. Yeah. Okay. Which is which is kind of sucks in Traveler, where to get really good stuff, a lot of times you have to go like a long career, and only and when you age out, you're like in your 50s. Yeah, yeah. I use the I use matter of fact for the Macross Lost Armada game I'm about to do. I did the I and for other games I do the D the T20 prior history to sort of give the characters a background and their path that they've gotten to this point. They end up about late forties to mid fifties. So yeah, I've noticed that and it's and I just say, Well, you took anti geriatric drugs, so you're own you're you age you have one and a half times lifespan. So for this thing, 50 is the new 30, you know. And they, it's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. But yeah, I would want the anti-geriatric drugs in a sci-fi game. I, I can see where people would like to live a lot longer, especially yeah. if in a sci-fi game where, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of lengthy travel time. Yeah. You know, if it takes like, you know, months to travel from one planet to another, then uh, that's, a, you know, it's easy to, to for the years to, to rack up in, under yeah. those circumstances. So sure, okay. You know, for me, I, haven't, I really only played the game once. Um, and like I said, I just didn't really get it. So uh, I don't really have a suggestion on it. But just speaking in general of, of that kind of thing, I would probably want... Uh, 
uh, I would say, a really good spacesuit. Okay. Something that, okay. you know, like had lots of, uh, you know, like in, in the video game, you know, like uh, Space Engineers, where you could go out and like, you know, they'd have like Waldos on them and all kinds of, and you could basically, it'd be like a little ship you could live in. Oh, kind of like an EVA suit. Oh, definitely an EVA suit, but something that could last a long time. So, you know, if, if, if you got hold for some reason, then you could, like, jump into your suit and you would be able to survive and even, you know, fix the ship while it's, you know, dangling there in space, you know, without life support. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's, you know, just speaking in general, that would be, like, you know, really, I think, a, a cool thing to have. So, okay. All right. So let me, uh, I'll pick uh, my turn. I'll pick hero systems, you know, cha uh, champions, champions you know, kind of thing, you know, superhero type game, you know, um, and of course using the hero system. So, you know, the, the number one thing that comes to mind is a really big endurance battery because that game endurance pretty much powers everything. Yeah. So, you know, having this like item that basically is like a giant battery so that you don't have to worry about running out. You can use your powers at full, you know, at, at the highest possible level without them just basically draining down, not being able to do anything. You know, because I know that that's a problem in the game is 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 there there's all these different things that you have to do in order to keep your, you know, the um, characteristic powers the things that you that are part of your self-identity as to what i'm doing who i am those things tend to run out you know yeah. and you know and some and sometimes you do bad things in order to keep it going like you may say okay fine when i uh, it'll it'll run out but then i'll just start burning stun you know to power my power so yeah. you're basically getting getting very wacky <laughs> while you're hurting yourself in order to keep powering this, you know, which is, you know, it's, it's like uh, watching uh, uh, the emperor, you know, just frying his face while he uses his force powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. So having something like this that regenerates super fast and and allows you to operate at the highest possible level and, and also keep all of your powers on because lots of times you've got like extra powers that you don't use all the time because, you know, it's hard to light up everything at once. It doesn't, your, your, your endurance doesn't last long, but having something like this would say, okay, now I can... Uh, you know, I, I not only can I have my force field up and my and, and my blue bolts of power, but I can also, you know, be super fast too and run around. You know, so uh, that that kind of thing. You know, maybe you throw a telekinetic fist in there and reach over and grab somebody and shake them. You know, that's stuff you 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 might think twice about taking. You know, because of that. So yeah. Oh. How about God. you? See, this is the thing. As of late, we've been bringing up Hero System more, and I ain't played it since the night. Oh God, it's been a long late time eight. for me too. Yeah, so but I was I, a GM, I, and I had to build these, help these people build. I mean, I had the the character generator, yeah, so okay. you know, I I was you and I walked through it. So the uh, I'll tell you right now, the one thing that you don't want to give them is the power of intangibility and invisibility. That's a combination. Because yeah. it breaks the game. Well, no. Um, the only thing I can think of is if the intangibility negates eco combat, then you just hit somebody with a uh, an attack that goes against their ECB, and you should be fine. They, you should be able to get them. Well, if the person you're you're fighting a can, can uh, doesn't you know can attack you without seeing you. Okay, because that's where the invisibility comes in. And secondly, can affect something that is intangible, like as you say, a mental attack. Then that might, you know, th then that would that would be bad for your character. But most of the game is around people firing bolts of things, guns, various types of stuff, and they just go right through you. You just stand, you, and they don't even know where you are, so they can't target you anyways. But the most important thing is is that most uh, games involve some kind of a mystery that you're trying to solve. 
and someone who's invisible and intangible could just say, I'll be back in a while, and he'll just run off and go over to the bad guy's place, follow somebody home, and just walk around the entire place getting all the information there is, poking through drawers, whatever, nobody can find him, nobody can see him, nobody's expecting you to show up. And so in, in the uh, character builder, they basically said, don't, don't take this, you know, uh, don't, you know you, your GM has to allow you to take this because it will break his game if he's not careful. And I actually had to, uh, to do that to one of my players because I let him do it and it broke the game. Because <laughs> I, I never could have any kind of a mystery. He'd immediately hear somebody talking about it, you know, whatever it was that I didn't want him to, I wanted him to, you know, negotiate or, you know, sneak around and try to overhear or interrogate. No, they were already saying it to each other. It was practically like, you know, reading somebody's, uh, you know, having everybody's password, reading all their, their, their secret mail. So, yeah, that's, so that's not what I would give somebody for that reason. There was another item that someone had. It basically, it's it's a it's an item, literally like you know, like a, a a necklace or something like that, or a wristband or a helm. And it's a it's what they call an obvious accessible focus. All right. In other words, they, it can be taken away from you, and it but it gave you this all these points, building points, and you could like make this super powerful character, you know. And I and and I had a player who wanted that, and I said, well, if you, I'll let you take it, but you do realize that you're asking me to take it away from you because that's the only reason that it's, it would be in the game would be as a MacGuffin for the bad guys to take away from you. And as soon as they said it, he's like, oh, well, then I don't want it. That's when you look at him and say, okay, you want an OIF, an obvious inaccessible focus. That would be something like power armor and not like, oh, this ring that this, this, you know, chakram type ring that I hold. Yeah, the ring I, of the destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. OAF, OIF, yeah, I remember that from Champions. Right, yeah. but see, the thing is that it, it, in its description, it says it, it is an obvious accessible focus. Every, well, yeah. It, it's part of the design of the item yes. that it has to be that way because they're because in because it's doing it, that's why they're giving all those building points with it. Yeah. And I'm just saying, people always want this, this thing, and everyone was always like, why don't they just take it away from this person? Like, you know, or once you take it away from this person, they're, what, what can they do? Nothing, generally yeah. speaking. It's all, everything's built into the item. So it's like, you know, I guess if you stole Ben 10's wristband, you know, it's, <laughs> which nobody does, but you'd think they'd be able to, right? Well, that's why it'd be marked as an obvious inaccessible focus. You would have to fight to get it off of his wrist as opposed to something he's holding in his hand, which just... Well, he has to sleep sometime, you know. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying. So wow. that guy that guy who has intangibility and invisibility just comes in, pops pops it off his arm like they should have gotten the uh, the gauntlet off of uh, uh, Thanos' uh, arm, you know, and uh, and then disappears with it. He doesn't have it anymore. They throw it to the bottom of the deepest, the Marianas Trench, and it's gone, gone. Yeah. You know, and... And, and until the MacGuffin has to arise because of plot, you know. So, anyways, I'm just saying is that that's another item I wouldn't give people for that reason because they would immediately be afraid of losing it for the rest of their character's career. You know, it would be awesome to have, but yeah. they would be constantly looking over their shoulder for someone to take it away from them. Kind of reminds me of the one rapper that had the. And I forget the rapper's name, but basically he bought a pink diamond and had a setting embedded in his forehead and then put the diamond in the setting. So he's walking around with like a $4.7 million pink diamond on his forehead. Oh, yeah, no, I, I lost it. Yeah, because you can't trust anybody for the rest of your life. You had to sleep sometime. I heard this and I'm just shaking my head. I'm just like, okay, first of all, the fact that you have 4.7 million and then you do something so godly stupid. Well, it's, yeah. it's what they call stupid money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's When you're so rich that you can do stupid stuff with your money. You know, most of us have to be smart with our money. So, all right. So now, so have you come up with something that you think would be really great? To, 
Yeah. Now, is this specifically for the hero system or just a superhero game? Well, I was specifically putting it for the hero system because I have um, something else uh, planned for Marvel superheroes. Kind of a variation on your uh, your your endurance battery, but a force, and and you can make this with the points. And I'm sure that one of my care players did back in the day. It's a force field belt. It provides PD and ED with the absorption power linked to it. You get hit, it refills the enter the endurance battery, which powers the belt. Rat lather, rinse, repeat. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, come at me, bro. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or no, what no, what it what is it what is it that these kids that do that wow stuff? Aggro. Yeah. Yeah, aggro. Yeah. Sure. All right. So go ahead. What's your what's your next choice? Oh God, let's see. Done D and D, we've done hero system. Okay, well, another superhero setting, and it's the the three parts in history one. The Trinity setting, adventure, aberrant, Trinity, pulp, modern-day superheroes, 22nd century sci-fi. They have a rule called the gadget rule where, you know, they got their, their own form of uh, item creation rules in that those books. And they have background feats, and one of them is called gadget. Now, it allows you to take what they call a first-level knack which is like a little kind of small-time psi ability. Well, there's a psi ability called Mad Scientist. And I did the math, and basically any item creation, it not, it's, it, okay, if it takes you eight hours to build something, you put on this ring, it only takes you an hour. So it's really good for the artificers in your team who like to tinker and especially like the pulp ones. Yes, with my new gab for later, I can sit there and stop the motion of that target coming at me. You know, and it only took me an hour to make. And I've used that with a couple of characters where if they're the artificers, I go, okay, I got a little hack for you here. Take this feat and you'll be one-eighth, it'll take one-eighth the time for you to build all your items. And it's basically, I call it a ring of a ring of invention. And it'll have like little Waldos that come out and can do the fine work and, you know, things like that. But basically, it knocks your item creation time for technology down to one eighth of time, and it and it's a rule thing. Just the gadget background feed and the mad scientist knack. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, an item that uh, uh, that like slows time for an opponent can be a huge tactical advantage because while they're trying to warm up to get one thing done, you can do three and four things. Yeah, it's like the time stop spell spell in D and D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that something that could do something like that could be of a huge tactical advantage. Sure, and then of course, and and, and it could be the same item is what I'm saying is that, you know you you use it on yourself and you're able to do all kinds of stuff. You know while everything else is frozen, you know you use it on somebody else, they're frozen. You know, uh, and you can and every and on your side can all move normally. Or you can go the opposite direction where you speed things up really far and uh, they uh, uh, they literally die of hunger and thirst in the bubble because, you know, so much time has gone by. And, yeah. Okay. And uh, they though in a, one story I read where they used it um, uh, from uh, Larry Niven, uh, part of the series of The Long Arm of Gil H Hamilton, uh, they did create such a time bubble with Accelerated and somebody turned on a flashlight, and as the beam crossed the field to the outside, because you could see in it, so therefore light could pass through, basically so much light had been produced by the flashlight in that period of time, it came out like a laser. Oh! And it's kind of like Dude, one of those tactical flashlights that you could yeah. buy. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I, I believe the youngins would say that is sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So wow. the the, the, the oh heroes literally God. were like, th you know, throwing themselves out of the way as he was like burning, burning the walls, as, as you know, and then he dies because he can't get out of it, and he's run out of, out of power in the power cells, and he's also basically run out of 
food and water, and he's just dead. Just wow. Yeah, it was a very exciting story because it was a very it was a very slow burn. It was like a who you know who done it <laughs> and a how done it. Okay, <laughs> you know, and they finally they work through it all, and uh, uh, and you think, okay, fine, you know, here's the bad guy. You know, we've confronted him with. With you know, with it, he's going to give up because, of course, there's like five of us and one of him. He turns on the thing and just tries to burn everybody to death with a flashlight. <laughs> How'd you die, maglite? Beating? No, laser. What? Yeah. Is the light on? It was the light on his phone. It <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna? What? How are you gonna kill me? Take a selfie? Yeah. I'm going to move over to, to uh, like I said, I've spent most of my time playing Tritag games. So yeah, I'm going to move no. over to uh, uh, to Bureau 13. It's, and mine is very specific. Okay. Uh, you may you may not think it's a, it's a, it's a blessing, but, uh, uh, you know, and maybe you're right, but I would give wow. them J.P. Withers' undying gratitude. Oh, no. No, no. If you're a bureau, bureau agent, you have him willing to help help you out. Yeah, no. Whenever, yeah. Un no. And no, maybe not whenever. Maybe he'll insist. <laughs> he said the problem is, is that with JP is, is that we're one stick of di you know, where, yeah, uh, where, yeah. where, where a strong word would be appropriate, he uses dynamite. Where one stick of dynamite might help, he uses ten. Yeah. <laughs> so you know he's he's the essence of overreaction. Yeah, well, it's it's that it's that Liam Neeson line from the A Team movie because overkill is underrated. Yeah, um, right. There you go. Oh no, yeah, that would be. I mean, as a you know, my role in the latest Bureau Thirteen game. No, your decision uncontested. I have no problem with that. Problem is, if you're running JP properly. Yeah, that's a gift curse. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's a it's a monkey's paw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I haven't heard that term in a long time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he is, and he is immortal. So therefore, it's not. Yeah. Kind of, he's he's kind of he's walking out of that. You know, it, 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 according to the book, it says he he is willing to put you know uh, any number of civilians into the hospital in order to save the life of one bureau agent. Yep. Yeah. So that's one thing that I I might give to some some bureau thirteen agents. Can you think of something that would be super cool to give to a bureau thirteen agent? Ray Robertson's undying gratitude. Well, aren't they supposed to have that already? Well, see, Ray Robertson, the way I play him is, yeah, you do the request and it depends. He decides on when, okay, you need this when. Do you know how many other things I got here in the lab? Even with my daughter, Ramona, I still am busy. All right. Well, well, well don't don't piggyback on me. <laughs> okay. Well, no, Come on no. with something else. Well, hmm. I let you go the first time. This time, no. Yeah. Okay, so nobody's undying gratitude, so we won't do Shay Talbot or anything. I would say probably a gun that auto-switches Banes. You could sit there and have your particular gun of choice, but through either magic or tech or whatever, it's just, okay, I know what the, the Bane is. Switching to cold iron or silver. Or, you know... Well, is it like Judge Dredd's gun where he basically calls out the ammo and it changes? Or does the gun have to know automatically what it needs? Well, you could call it, yeah. I would say call it or, okay. you know... I would prefer gun. that. Yeah. yeah. Because, the and you and John talked about this for years back in the day of, oh, you're filling your bullet, you're filling your clips with, like, different Bane bullets, so... Yeah, you may be firing five bullets before you hit the one that drops it. No, no, no. That gives it five bullets time for it to come at you. No. I want, if it's something that's Bane, I want it to know off the bat, I'm not playing here. <laughs> I am here to put you down and I'm going to do it as soon as possible. Oh, first shot? Yeah, see, I win. Just, yeah, I would want that instant Bane 
delivery system. You call it, and see, I didn't know that about Judge Dredd. I just said, that was just something I came out. I had no idea. I haven't seen any, I didn't see the Carl Urban movie. I didn't see the. Or read the comic book, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't, you know, the, I am the law. I didn't see that one, you know, the, you know, the Stallone one was. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, but still, it's just, I would want, because, and that was something, because you and John, oh, you just, you know, put in, oh, a silver bullet and a cold iron and this and this. Yeah, you're dumping five bullets before you find the right one. That's a waste of ammo. It may be. <laughs> it just, that's why. <laughs> that's also why that. we came up with the Creature of the Night specials, what they called the cotton rounds, because it was basically designed to cover a lot of different supernaturals in one bullet. Well, it's like that, that annoying ass pistol or revolver that was in the first head, Hellboy movie, where he had all the banes like, oh, holly, mistletoe, cold iron shaving, silver. In holy water. And these bullets were about the size of, like, ostrich eggs. Yeah. And yet, that that gun annoyed... That was probably the one annoying thing about the two Hellboy movies of Ron Perlman. I hated that gun. Yeah, he never should have been able to shoot it more once because it, it shouldn't have been effective on anything else. Right. Or you had to shoot it, you'd be, like, maybe 10 feet away. And also, what was it I heard? Somebody said it. And I'm not sure if John said it or something else. It was along the lines of, you're putting all them together. You're 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 muddying the waters. They're no longer pure. And I could see where that would happen. And just it's like, yeah, I just did not like that gun. Yeah. See, uh, in the book series Old Man's War, uh, which is takes place mostly in space, uh, they had this. They had what they called smart blood. But it wasn't the smart blood was more it wasn't it was the same thing that they used in their weapons. So for example, in their weapons, it it would it was a, a nanite kind of thing, you know. Okay, and it would right. it would it would prog- it would be programmed by the weapon, you know, to convert to what if you needed, you know, like an explosive round, it would convert itself in such a way that it would explode. Okay, the abs rearrange themselves. Okay, uh, if you needed something that was a uh, fiery round incendiary, it would do that. If you needed something that was pointed, so like armor piercing, it would do that. Or if you just needed something that would like fill the area full of shot, it would do that. You could just be basically just flick, you know, flick us uh, either say. Actually, what you you had this thing in your head called a brain pal, which basically was talking to it, and you just simply thought what you wanted, and it would automatically configure, bang, 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 you're firing yeah. what you needed. You know, automatic fire, single shot, grenade launcher, whatever. You know, it, it, it handled all those kinds of projectiles. And the same material was in your blood, you know, was your blood, as a matter of fact, or was no, you had no regular blood in your body. And so uh, it would configure itself to like, you know, patch up your body if you suddenly got a limb blown off or, you know, it would it, it would keep uh, you know, oxygen going through your body, even if your heart got stopped. I mean, it was a great, it was great stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, so anyways, this that's what it sounds like. You wanted a... Uh, uh, a smart uh, a smart weapon that basically has a um, cache of banes in it. Yeah. And basically, you can switch between the ones that you put in it, and that sounds like a great that sounds like a great weapon. And I would allow it in in, in my campaign if anybody had ever thought of it. Okay. All yeah. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the other thing I thought would be really cool to have in Bureau Thirteen are jet boots. Oh, like the ones uh, uh, Spock wore in Star Trek Five. Gotcha. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And and see, the thing is, is that you know, uh, uh, because in Bureau Thirteen they have these extra-dimensional pockets called Thirteenth Pocket. You can yeah. put fuel in there, so you don't have to worry about running out of fuel. So you can literally go and do what Spock was doing—just hover in the air for extended periods of time, having a conversation without worrying about running out of fuel. You don't have a huge backpack of fuel you're carrying around with you. So, you know, uh, and I had a character in my campaign, uh, this French guy, he was another uh, was a regional team member, and that was one of his things. He just goes zipping around, you know, the, the battlefield, you know, most of the time not even using a, he used a sword most of the time, just would just, just zip over at, four, you know, 40 miles an hour and slice. <laughs> and and uh, believe me, that, that person's head was rolling. 
And uh, so, you know, having having jet boots, being able to like just just jump, you know, grab some guy, jump out a window, have a conversation on the way down, and then be able to stop before you got to the ground because you had it. It's a big intimidation factor that you'd be able to do no other way. So I thought that was a really cool thing that we might, you could give. So you could give one person the J.P. Withers Undying Gratitude and somebody else the Jet Boots to get away when J.P. tries starts doing his yeah, yeah. stuff. When, when he's being grateful. Yeah. When he's being grateful, you get, get I'm not there, you know. Well, how, how are you not there? I'm using my damn Jet Boots. <laughs> so, all right. Next system. How about Robotech? Okay, I, I really didn't want to go there because I go on and on about it, but okay, let's well, see. Well, keep it short. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Wow, sir, old friend, you're asking the world of me. Um, uh, Let's see. I just figured it's something that you know about and you'd be able to talk about it. So. Oh, okay. Well, this would work best in the new generation era. Uh, they have the things called shadow devices that they could put on mechs to make them invisible to invid uh, protoculture sensors, basically hiding your the fact that you have protoculture on you and the invid come after you, but a personal force field. Okay. Because the invid are everywhere on Earth. They After 2031, they took over and humanity was basically, hi, this, the, all, all of our flower on your planet yeah, we're bigger, we're meaner, there's more of us, and you're going to farm our crops for us. Well, if I sit there and use the protoculture, but I have something where they can't see I'm using it, that would make me a very effective resistance fighter. Because they, they, you know, it's that thing, they never see me coming. You know, And they only had these shadow devices on like, oh, our starships and our Ferrotech fighters and... They didn't even have them where you put them on a cycle. They had to be on the big 40-foot-tall Mecca and capital ships. I would want something, you know, that I could wear on a belt. And anything on me that's protoculture-powered, including the gallant laser pistols and rifles, they would never sense it. They'd see the laser, but they wouldn't see, oh, it's from a protoculture source. Kill him, you know. So, yeah, personal shadow device. It would only work, obviously, during the, the third arc of the Robotech saga. But still. I was thinking about um, some of the uh, handheld particle beam weapons because they do um, uh, MDC. Uh, it's, what's the M for again? Mega damage capacity. Mega damage yeah. capacity, right. So you've oh, got a weapon that does like lots of damage to cars and people and things like that but it, you know if a mech shows up you can still hurt it because most standard weapons in that game don't hurt mechs oh no no bullets bounce off mechs unless you have like the explosive what do they call them either uh, uh heap rounds high explosive armor piercing those are the only ones that oh and you did a d4 okay well there is a bullet hole and you scratch the paint and he just fired a rocket at you yeah i think Personal held energy weapons that don't come along till Southern Cross era, the ma the Mastered Saga. They're not in Macross. I know. I, I don't know. It, it was developed in 2032. Does that tell tell you anything? Oh, then that would be during the Sentinels campaign in space, because by that time on Earth, the Invid were already. Well, it, it's being powered by the Cyclone riding armor from the okay, pro yeah, that, the protoculture yeah. power pack that's in the Cyclone, and the Cyclone riding armor is where you get basically turn into a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're on. Oh, no, that, it turns it, the motorcycle turns into armor for you. It's really more yeah. accurate. Yeah, you have a, a yeah you have a suit of body armor already, and you're on a motorcycle, and with the flip of a switch or a command word, the cycle morphs around you, and now you have. More armor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I thought that they had... I know there's an ion pistol in the, the Master Saga. I didn't, I didn't remember if there was a particle beam weapon, but... Yeah, 2032, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, the EP-26 is a 50-millimeter handheld particle beam gun. 
Oh, okay. somebody's got a ball. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you can fire up to three shots per 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 melee round. I am just wondering what book are you getting? I'm from looking on. What? I'm looking on the the great internet, sir. Oh, why? Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. No, it just. I'm hearing this much detailed information. It it, it says it says the the information was derived from Robotech technical files. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, wait. The stuff on the it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's EP. Yeah, that's that started during the cyclones and all that. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I know what I know from whence that comes down. Yeah, yeah, but there's a picture, you know, that is obviously a handheld thing. So that's what I'm saying. That this is something that you could have, and you know, I mean, obviously it has to be powered by something like you know a protoculture energizer. Okay, but so you, you're not just walking around with this super gun. Okay. Oh but, no, you're you're wearing the cyclone and carrying it. Right, so it's but it's still, but yeah. in, in 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 most of these. You know, it has a range of 1,200 meters, so it's good. <laughs> Two-thirds two of a mile? Yeah, okay, yeah. So, anyways, um, well, yeah, and so, therefore, it's, it's something that, you know, you don't have to be up close and personal in order to use it. So, I, I just, I, I took a look at it, and I said, yeah, you know, because I'm a big fan of powerful energy weapons. So, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it, and... Which, oh no! In Robotech, you you hit the the, the mother load with that, yeah. Yeah. Let's... And I'm sorry. What was the one you chose? Oh, I just chose what I chose to have in Robotech was a basically a personal shadow field, personal shadow device to hide you. You could have like a gallon in your hand, and you don't ping like you know the North Star. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, so uh, with that in mind, let's uh, let's move over to Cyberspace, uh, which is probably a game that you have not played. No, I mentioned no. it's. We'll 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 move we'll move laterally in a second to Cyberpunk, which I think you have played. Uh, but in Cyberspace, uh, when I played that, um, you know, we we were it was basically a, a, a kind of a clone of of Cyberpunk. Okay, but um, what I loved about it was is that they had. You, you could carry around personal uh, laser pistols, okay? And they had a backpack-powered laser pistol because I didn't like the idea of having a li limited number of shots. I mean, you had so much more with a backpack, and I could hide it under a hoodie, you know, and I had this thing. And the reason I loved it more than anything else was the fact is that we didn't use get into combat very often, but when I did, they had they, every weapon had a specific combat resolution chart. You know, it was a D100. And depending upon where, and, and it didn't go like zero is bad, 100 is great. It was actually different things in different areas. So the air, you know, and so somehow, you know, you know I have trouble rolling high sometimes. As a matter of fact, almost always. So the sweet spot on this chart was like between 20 and 40. And invariably, I would roll in that range. The result of rolling in that range was midsection is vaporized. Okay, so like the head and shoulders fall in one direction and the, the pelvis and the legs fall in the other. <laughs> and the torso and the feet go, you go walking off in another. Yeah, I mean, I, it was a one-shot kill. Uh, every time I used it. And I loved that item. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it, invariably, sooner or later, someone would take, you know, would, would get in our faces and the other members of the team would decide to get into a fight. And I'd pull this thing out and boom. And, you know, and I'd look around and say, that's the way you do it. Because they had, they are all like saying, saying, Bruce, Bruce, why don't you like take these slug throwers, you know? You know, like, like uh, basically... Um, yeah, they they do you know like three d six damage and blah 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 and I said okay what ha look at your chart what happens through ninety percent of your chart uh, you do some damage you might you know someone's arm might become you know at best you know um, you know uh, uh, not working you know lamed or something like that they might fall down unconscious if you're lucky just 
Does any of the characters you shoot, you know, I mean, there's like one chance of exploding their head. I basically can burn out the middle of their, I can hollow them out, you know, uh, you know, 20% of the time. Okay, this is an awesome weapon. I like it. And though I, I did finally, you know, agree to go and get, you know, one of those slug throwers, but mostly because there's well, sometimes yeah, you just yeah, can't carry yeah. that big heavy battery with you. But, uh, but yeah, I love that thing. That was fun. All right, so let's go ahead and move laterally over to Cyberpunk, which you probably played, and tell me what if you want to. You know, you have some troubleshooters. You know, and of course, this is a game that has a lot of different, very specific roles. Obviously, you're going to give something different. You may think you're going to give something different to, let's say, a Decker than to uh, a Street Samurai or or uh, somebody else. So, but. I'm going to prove you wrong, but let's see what you have to say. Well, see, the game Cyberpunk, is this the one that Art has Lorian games and they've since done all of the, the the video games based on it? That game? Yes, yes. Okay, I haven't played it. God, to have Derek and Jake with me right now from work. Um, because they're the ones that played it. And I, it's like, yeah, it came with some PDF. And I'm like... The role-playing game, it was based... Oh, it was based on a role-playing game, and I'm just there in the break room face-palming. Um, the same with Baldur's Gate when I brought the Forgotten Realms 3.0 and laid out the Faerun map. Um, yeah. Wow! Hey, that, you know, most, game, most video games don't come with a big map like that. And I, I'd be just looking at them. It's like, you are too young to play this game. Get out of here. No, um... Oh, uh, let's see. In a oh, okay, I'd have to just go with a cyberpunk game. And you said Street Samurai. Oh, okay, because a lot of them are cyberized, and they can yeah. You know, that that's usually yeah. you know in cyber in cyberpunk people go and like they they add additional capabilities to their bodies. They enhance their bodies through the use of cybernetics, through implants, and things like that. So. I'm just saying is, you know, the, you know, the, the, the classic character will like replace his arm with something else or have a, like something jump out of his arm, like Wolverine's claws. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, or like, and, and they'll, they and they'll go or... with the subdural armor, you know, uh, which, which makes them look like a normal person, except that they, they're, you know, you shoot them and, and the bullet just kind of sits there on the, on uh, embedded in their skin, you know, uh, but, uh, you know the, the but the game was uh not I want to say the word unique but it it it's, it kind of uh uh was the forerunner of the idea that adding cybernetics wholesale in large quantities okay to a person's body is causes stress on the brain and so you go into what's called cyberpsychosis if you go too far and you can take anti-cyberpsychosis drugs which are expensive Okay, but eventually, if you you know if you keep going down that route, you will eventually go crazy. You just will go, and usually that means you go berserk and you run around like a crazy person, and the police have to put you down. Usually from you know attack helicopters from a distance or yeah. drones or things okay. like that because they're very very dangerous. Yeah, you know. Anyway, so the point is, is that you know most people are like, gee, you know, I I only have so much money because it's all about money. Yeah. It's like the Mad Max movie where he goes into the junkyard and the, there's a big sign saying speed is just a matter of money. How fast can you go? <laughs> so it's usually a matter of money is what are you going to pay for? What can you afford? Because, you know, you're always you're taking these really dangerous jobs so you can afford to get enhancements so you can take even more dangerous jobs with even more even better payoffs. Yeah, you know, as like you're a downward spiral, yeah. Or upward spiral depending upon how you look at it well, because yeah. you can you, I mean, I've never had a character go into cyberpsychosis. So, and I've never known anybody who went to cyberpsychosis. Usually they were people that we were fighting against who just like went crazy doing that, you know. But anyways, if you were going to do that, so what would you give them? What what do you think would be like a super thing to give a troubleshooter? you know, to make them more effective in their job. If I was a cyber samurai type, you know, I would want an optics edition, so I'd have to have the enhanced 
I'd have to have the cyber optics. So cyber eyes, okay. Well, yeah, but it, it's a means to an end here. I would want the type of device that would tell me I, I, it'd be too blanket energy readings on something with a finite source. Now, oh, power for your electric car. Okay, I can tell that we're half full. Or I know your laser pistol only has two shots. That okay. type of thing. Huh, okay. Now, sad, now, if I could get it to work on bullets, that would work good too. But no, I, I wanted to keep it relatively in verisimilitude just to read energy readings on like batteries ranging anything from a car to a generator to as i said a weapon and you know cue the whole paraphrasing the whole clint eastwood you know i know what you're thinking how do does he have five or does he have six bullets you know that type of thing yeah and it makes a lot of sense for a character that you know i mean i usually think of samurai as using swords so they tend to to shy away from using you know projectile weapons well that would even be good if you're a swordsman because you know how few bullets are gonna or how few laser blasts are gonna be coming at you (laughs) right right so yeah i would want that to just sit there if i'm you know the one guy with you know like pop out claws or the vibro katana and i'm seeing six guys there with guns and i know okay they've only got two shots left each in their in their laser pistols and there's four that's eight shots yeah let's go yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i would want something that would scan energy readings of batteries as it were because it would be useful yeah you know, and and if nothing else, if you just identified where the power sources are, mm-hmm. they gave you a target. Because mm-hmm. if you can see how much is there, you can see that it is there. How big of a boom will it be when I hit it with this bullet? Or you know, yeah. I mean, if the power if the power source you know of the car is in the back instead of the front, then you you know you know that the armor on this kind of vehicle is only has this much resistance and your sword can cut through that. Like, yep. you know, like a, I don't know. A, 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 Hot knife through butter. Just go. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I, I was trying for something less than that. Okay. I didn't want to say through sliced cheese. I wanted to say something like, uh, I don't know, like, like, like um, uh, Play-Doh. I can cut through yeah. that like Play-Doh. <laughs> a little bit of resistance, you know, you know, it's a, Anyways, um, yeah, okay. The uh, okay. Well, my my idea, which actually I think works for every single character, uh, when I played the game, and of course I haven't played it a lot uh, because you know the, having a GM to to run it for me has always been difficult. Mostly, I played it at conventions. Um, but my, when I did write, uh, create some characters, I was always like, I don't know really what I need. I mean, we might have a lot of different kinds of jobs and I'm not always sure that my character is going to have the right skills for the job that needs to be done, you know, and maybe I should have trusted the team a little bit better. And so people would have their areas of specialization and such, but I always felt uncomfortable with that. So what I did was, is that I got the brain skill implant which Basically is a little a skill slot. You slip a chip in. Oh, now I can hack. Now I can know demolitions. Now I have acrobatics. And yeah. or if I can do this, okay, let's say it's shooting. I know how to shoot. I've got, let's say, a five in it. But with this skill chip, I now have a nine. Okay. All right. Yeah. But then when I get inside and I don't have to worry about shooting somebody, then I can pop that chip out and maybe put a chip in for, I don't know, as you say, hacking, lockpicking, maybe stealth. Yeah. You know, and now all those chips were expensive. And oh, yeah. the and the the brain the brain thing only had X number of slots, depending of course on how how expensive it was. Oh right, yeah. I think the one I had had three slots in it. 
you know, and I and I think I only had like chips for two of them because I couldn't afford the third one. Yeah. So it's like that. So, anyways, you know, I and I think also I, I think I had one for shooting and I had one for first aid. Oh, nice. Okay. So, like after the shooting was done, then I could help. I could patch up the team members and maybe myself. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that's you know, and I can I can't you know anybody could benefit from that. I mean, yeah. whether you're a decker, whether you're you know say the street samurai, whether you're a driver, you know all the you know it's it just basically was a general enhancement of knowledge, you know, and ability that you know uh, without going the route of getting replacement eyes, um, yeah. I, you know. All that other stuff, you know, springs in your legs so you can run really fast. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, anyways, so that was okay. that was my best okay. idea for that. Okay. okay? Like. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. Is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.